halfway there. You either got less hair or more coming out everywhere. Getting more deaf, worrying about death. All the tires you got are spare. Unexplained coffin while choosing your coffin. Getting some laughs in and choking on taffy. Squeaking more than a dolphin. Rolling at the kids, soiling undies with skids. Wondering if we fuck it up, can we still make the mic drop? Genexing, texting, vexing, exiting. But not yet, not yet. We're just halfway there. Halfway there. Hi, I'm Jenny Tear. Hi, I'm Kim Gaynor. Hi, I'm Camilo Fantasia, and this is Halfway There, a podcast about the new middle age. I'm halfway to being asleep. Is that okay? Because we're doing this at night instead of the morning. <laughs> and by night, you mean 8.30 p.m. your time. It's really our middle age. Like the morning is too early. 8 p.m. is too late. I mean, maybe we should do this after we've all collectively had naps. And, you know, a spot of tea and have watched um, Wheel of Fortune. Um, and the early bird special. Okay, we'll have dinner at four o'clock. Oh, uh, we're all about the early bird special. Jim Did and you, I. Did you guys ever go to the Golden Corral? Did do you know that restaurant? Of yeah. Of course. I that place. Jim grew up going to it. He would... Um, he would go with his father who would keep him and his mom at the table waiting for an hour after they were done because he was still going back to get stuff. It's a particularly traumatic memory of his, which means that if he's ever done eating before me and I'm still eating, he just gets so triggered. That's so interesting. So what were they doing the whole time? Just getting all the food? Oh, no, no. Jim and his mom were like eating like birds. So they were right. done, but Jim's dad's like, what, what are you getting? Like, you're getting a salad? Like, go back and get the shrimp scampi or whatever. Get your money's you worth. you have multiple meals in one. I'd have to agree oh. with the dad. Does anybody <laughs> um, remember the Wendy's salad bar? Oh yeah. my God. It was a thing of beauty. <laughs> I don't mean to tell on certain members of my family, but certain members of my family... Because it was like one time, I think, would come back with a pile of food that was obscuring their face. (laughs) And it was just so many. And I remember there were so many things on that salad bar. Like, and so you'd have to like just jam them on to this one plate. I really remember that Wendy salad bar with fondness and I miss it. I wonder if you could do a research paper about the disappearance of the salad bar coinciding with income inequality. I think it actually coincided with AIDS and there has been some research to that effect. I don't know. Don't quote me on it. I'll come back next week and let you know. Wait, are we arguing that the the salad bar is disappearing? Yeah. It's It's, it's it's alive and well in the Midwest. Oh, maybe the Midwest. Okay. Yeah. All right. All I remember about the Wendy's salad bar was the bacon bits. I distinctly remember the bacon bits at the end of the like regalia. Yeah. Yeah. Vegetables. Yeah. They were good. I think they were just Baco's bacon bits, which is a very particular kind of taste. And like, you wonder if there's even any bacon in there, but they were delicious. Yeah. The Pizza Hut salad bar was also good. 
Pizza Hut oh, as a like standing institution or restaurant, those are kind of disappearing as well. Mm. Maybe not in the Midwest. I don't know. Please report on the ground from where you're from KC, Camilo. I, I feel like Taco Bell and Pizza Hut are always seem to be adjacent or even conjoined in a building. Yeah. But um, and now like KFC as well. We have a KFC here on the island or two, actually. Is that the only American fast food you have? Um, yeah, pretty much. I'm trying to think. Yeah, there's nothing like a McDonald's or anything. People love freaking KFC, though. There is. Um, and it's I, I won't touch it because the only time that I've seen rats on the island Around walking KFC. down. Yeah, just amazing, man. Like the rat racks of men, like running yep. back and forth between like, like the trash area and the ocean. I don't know what they were doing. They were just like dragging like chicken bones and having like a beach blanket, like rat bingo on the yeah. beach. <laughs> but it was like high traffic area for rats. Ne- no, never. But there is there is a, uh, a chain here called Chefette. And Ooh. Chefette only exists in Barbados and it's amazing. I almost got Chefette today. Is it? What is it? Yeah, tell us. It's, what, it's, is it burgers? It's, it's chicken. So it's fried chicken. That's what I always get. But there's other things. Like there's other like Bayesian specialties like roast chicken and macaroni pie. They have something here called macaroni pie. Mm-hmm. That's right. kind of like macaroni peas, but it's like a cake. You can cut it. It must stay together in one piece. Um, and there's some other, you know, like uniquely Bayesian things there. It sounds pretty yummy, actually. It is pretty yummy, I have it to say. better than like Mickey D's. Oh, I think so. I think it's a thousand times better than Mickey D's. I wonder mm-hmm. if there's a um, some kind of a chemical in KFC that's uh, common to U.S. fast food that attracts rats. And yeah, because why... you can go to any KFC and it, there's a rat parade. <laughs> so hideous <laughs> yeah I was so taken aback because I had convinced myself that like rats actually didn't exist here I was like <laughs> you know it's just beautiful like tropical birds and ah! <laughs> <laughs> rats rats <laughs> they're all coming from the KFC <laughs> rat barometer like you can go to any country and it's like there are no rats <laughs> and someone's like are you so short and they build a KFC and then have you checked the KFC there's like a rat cha-cha line they're just like we're here colonel sanders (laughs) (laughs) it reminds me i was reading about the flooding in the uh, nyc subway and uh, whether the flooding would actually kill rats and reduce their population but (laughs) no the answer was a rats are really good swimmers and b the fact that a bunch of rats will drown means the stronger rats are going to prevail and start multiplying really quickly. So now you'll have a super, super race oh, of great. rats. So we're basically going to have the Delta variant um, <laughs> version of rats um, yeah. in addition to everything else. Mm-hmm. Mutant strain of like super resistant subway rats taking yeah. over this. With like Olympic Wonderful. level swimming abilities. It's social Darwinism, rat, rat edition in, in, in rat town, NYC, rat city, full of rats from top to bottom, baby. I wonder if that's true. 
That seems like a very Twitter, like a Twitter thread kind of information, it, Camilo. It seems like something you post that later gets a little fact checked. Yeah, um, exactly. How embarrassing must that be? I don't believe that's ever happened to me. But um, yeah, you see people post something on Twitter or Facebook and it gets that. Um, um, actually, this is not true. This is pretty idiotic. Just take this with a grain of salt message. So you post um, a selfie of yourself feeling cute today. And then below it says like, oh, this, fact, this fact has not been verified. Ah, rude. No, not yet. That would be a great thing to uh, mask. Like, if you could hack into Facebook and do it to like asshole. <laughs> that would be great. Wow. Uh, I, I've noticed that whenever I put anything COVID related, they slap some kind of like, for more information about the CDC's COVID-19, blah, 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 you know. Yeah, even just the mention of um, the word, that's true. It's not necessarily a fact check. Yeah. It's just um, pointing you to to more information. Yeah. What it should say below is like, dear Jenny Tear, are you okay? This is your yeah. post about COVID of the day. I'm sure Mark Zuckerberg's minions are really looking out for people like that. It's more like, oh, we had to take a beheading down off of Facebook. So, you know, these, there's a, there was an article I read about the content moderators of Facebook. And they all, of course, have like the most horrific PTSD. Mm, yes. And uh, like, you know, they're basically witnessing psychological torture for 24 hours a day so that we can go on it's so you guys because people post crazy shit they actually post like live murders that's yes. happened a couple of times that i've read about and they've yes. had to scramble real quick to get that stuff taken down yeah uh, kind of insane people are not yeah it's nuts also apparently the drug cartels will post um people getting beheaded and particularly horrific murders that they have to quickly and the whole down. time i thought you were talking about kathy griffin holding donald trump's fake head god remember that's that seems like a thousand years ago yes it does i remember that that backlash and you know honestly i thought it was so hypocritical and oh, ridiculous 100%. and i think she should have dug her fucking heels in and said i have another fucking head like here's the whole fucking cabinet fuck you you know yeah, um, no, that was immediate at its best. It was like we've we've basically reviled this guy, but we don't. But oh, you're you're desecrating the office of the president. Yeah, touch our pearls. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was super unfair. I'll say this though: she did like tour around the world. She just booked her own tour. I mean, she's yep. very. She's a lot of gumption. She's very strong. She's scrappy. Yep. she really is yeah she really is that life on the d-list she was like yeah something's gonna take me down baby because i've already been down I'm on the d-list um that's mm -hmm. my niche mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. even after being dumped by anderson cooper i was gonna say anderson cooper threw her under the bus yeah, yeah not not did he after after the beheading uh -huh. incident yeah. yeah oh yeah well she got fired from the from the uh, cnn new year's eve gig Right, right, right. Yeah, that, That's right. Which he probably wanted to get rid of her anyway because she kept embarrassing him in kind of amusing ways. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's like, well, I I always wonder about that. Like, he's so like, oh, I'm Anderson Cooper and I, I'm like 
charming and good looking. Like he doesn't seem to be a person that has that great of a, a sense of humor about himself. Maybe that's just my impression. No, I think but you're right. I wonder it, if he feels very good about that decision now. Probably, uh, not. probably not. They probably have sort of like the secret correspondence going on and then just waiting for the appropriate amount of, uh, amount of time to go by before they can rekindle their friendship. But I will tell you that well, Anderson Cooper's now ex, who was his co-father, mm-hmm. was also entirely humorless, at least in all my interactions with him. So, oh, you had personal interactions with him? He, yeah, he was a very self-serious owner of Eastern Block in the East Village. Oh, I, I used ever... to love that bar. That was yeah. such a good dive bar, yeah. man. And this is probably my own personal agenda here, but I was introduced to him like literally four or five times. And every time he's like, hi, I'm, I'm trying to remember. He had one real name and one fake name. Have I talked about this on the podcast as well? No, no. but don't um, name him. He would, he would use like his fake name for people he didn't care about and his real name for people like he did care about. So he introduced himself like five <laughs> times to me with his fake name. Oh, and, I'm like, rude. and I'm like, dude, we've been introduced. Like we've, we've had, we've been in conversation several times before. Yes. In a group setting, but still, and I get it. You work in a bar, you meet a lot of people, but. Um, Not a good feeling, is it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you are special, Camilo. Yeah. Especially when extremely... me my... look, Camilo, you can call me by my real name, Katie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and you can call me Alexa Alexandria. Um oh. I remember having fake names as like a teenager, you know, cool, like grown-up sounding names that you would tell a guy at the bar. <laughs> that's actually something like kids friends of mine used to talk about which is kind of disturbing to look back on it now yeah um benjamin and i had something him being from like sardinia i thought that he and i had something or corsica rather oh if he hears this he's gonna come after yeah me. right no wonder he told you the fake yeah. name <laughs> but i'm like we both grew up on the mediterranean we have so much in common we're both ripped. We're both extremely attractive. We both Back frequent. Jack. We both frequent gay bars. Yes, my God, the common interests are just overwhelming. What was wrong with real name, fake name? You should have found out what his real name was. And the, I do know what his real name is. Okay, when he t- said hi, my name is, and he used his fake name. You should have been like. It wasn't when I blew you that his real name. In that bathroom right there. Yeah. Wow. Tacky. Look, you should do that. But classy. Yeah. Oh, Oh, the slights, the slights. Having somebody, though, not remember your name is there is something really like wounding about it. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And, and, I've definitely been in those situations before where it's a person you've met and it's like they have complete face blindness. Yeah. It's like, I've met you 18 times now. Like this is starting to get ridiculous. You know, there's always that one person that's just yeah. like, what is this person just a dick or do they have like neurological damage? I'm not sure. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, then, but then they have to address it. Like they can, 
you say, because I say this to people, I say, hey, I know we've met, I know we met at X event or whatever, but yeah. I'm really bad with names. Like what, you know? Yeah. I might not remember name, but I definitely, it, it's, it really bothers me more if someone just doesn't remember my existence, you know, that is a problem. Yeah. I might say like, I'm not, I'm not good with names, but I remember people, I remember interactions. Um, and I'll try to like graciously say, remind me of your name again and be apologetic for it at least, you know, because I know that I've met them and I, I heard it before, but you know, have you ever done the super sneaky thing where you know the person, but you don't know their name and you don't want to admit you don't know their name. Mm, yeah. And then you use your friend, mm. you introduce your friend and you're like, this is, and your friend is like, hi, I'm John. You are, you know, you're hoping for them to say you yeah, are. Yeah. Yeah. Like, totally. Um, Mike. And then you're like, oh, thank God. What and about when like, you're okay? So Jen just froze. You froze in a Rudy Giuliani expression. <laughs> it was incredible on video. Wonderful. I wish our viewers. Maybe I will pull it and um, share it to our Patreon. But what you just described you is thousand dollars. What you just described is my life, and uh, I really can't deal when you have an uncooperative friend or whoever who's like. Oh, what's your friend's name? And they completely undermine your whole obvious attempt to yeah. get them to just introduce each other. It's like they're trying to throw you under the bus. Yeah. It's just kind of fun to watch. Yeah. And it's in that situation too, you're like caught with truly with your pants down because you've just spent 10 minutes talking to the person, pretending like you know their name, but you just haven't said it. Well, have you guys ever gone like months or like years without knowing someone's name? I think that I po possibly I have um, because it's just like someone that you, I don't know, maybe you, you see them or a person talks about them or you see them like once a year and they just, they're extremely tangential and, and but you know that it's been okay now I'm that asshole person that I was railing against because I can think of an instance that it probably maybe was months or a year and then it, it becomes a thing where like you cannot ask and every way that you try to surreptitiously figure out what their name is is not working and it's just this hellish existence kim you're absolutely correct those people are never on facebook because you've gone you've looked yeah. at all the friends of your friend yeah. and they're like well they were hanging out with this other person so then you click this other person and you look at their friends you're like nope it's none of these people and then an hour later you've looked at everybody's fucking friends of a friend and that person is not there they're not there <sighs> yeah it's bad that's why jen you need yeah. to get back on facebook as much as you object to it because there's somebody out yeah. there trying to figure out what your goddamn name is. Oh, mm -hmm. yep. I need to sacrifice my mental health to yep. answer that question. Yeah. Um, they should just Google. They should just Google like short, brunette, <laughs> opinionated, depressed. <laughs> oh. But a no. Oh yeah, Jen Taylor. <laughs> yeah, they're like, of course, cranky, opinionated. But, oh, God, it puts me in a lot of 
you know, volume of company. Well, should we move on to our segments? Yeah, yeah sure. Yes. Let's do earning desire to talk about mine. What are the cool kids up to? What music do they like? Where do they go at night? Are they watching sexy Netflix shows or anime or both? Cool, cool kids like really cool kids. We want to know what you're up to. Ah, oh, as if. Okay, so I'm doing what the kids are up to, y'all. So I am kind of like piggybacking on, I think, a few weeks of material about sex and um, how the kids are changing and gender and all this stuff. And there was an op-ed. I will say that Jen's face when she said the word sex was of utter disgust. (laughs) That's true. And you're about to hear why. So I found this, this, this op-ed ran in the failing New York Times. Oh, great. God, I really need to find a news source. But I thought it was pretty interesting. And the title of it is Why Sex Positive Feminism is Falling Out of Fashion. Oh, yeah. I read that, Jen. I meant to comment. I had a lot of thoughts about it. Go on. Yeah, it's really interesting, right? Um, yeah. Okay, so I'm going to read one passage. And I want to hear some thoughts about this because I I have a lot of mixed feelings or feelings about it, I guess, or I'm trying to sort through my thoughts. Sex positivity now seems to be fading from fashion among younger people, failing to speak to their longings and frustrations, just as anti-porn feminism failed to speak to those of an earlier generation. It's no longer radical or even really necessary to proclaim that women take pleasure in sex. If anything, taking pleasure in sex seems to some vaguely obligatory. In a July BuzzFeed news article headlined, these Gen Z women think sex positivity is overrated. One 23-year-old woman said, it feels like we were tricked into exploiting ourselves. Um, and then... Uh, the article goes on to describe something happening on TikTok, which is the cancel porn movement. Um, It's just one facet of conservatism, for lack of a better term, that's proliferating on TikTok from rather unlikely sources. Rebecca Jennings wrote, young, presumably progressive women, for the most part, who think that what's sometimes called choice feminism caters to patriarchy and the male gaze. Liberal feminism telling young girls that hookup culture is liberating, conditioning them to think that if you don't have extreme kinks at a young age, that they're boring and vanilla and encouraging them to get into sex work the minute they turn 18. (laughs) Okay, I mean, that's pretty. (laughs) I I think there it's there's so much conflating of things together that don't necessarily go together which for instance sex positive sex positivity and porn you can be sex positive without you know um looking at at porn or enjoying porn and my own feelings about porn are that it needs to be responsible i don't think that that necessarily all porn is harmful to women I just don't yeah I don't and I mean I think a lot of that is just kind of over the top like oh the liberals want you to 
be a sex worker by the time you're 18 and like encouraging hookup culture. I mean, where are they getting that from? Yeah, but a lot of, but she's saying that a lot of progressives also are arguing the line that essentially the sexual revolution largely disproportionately advantaged men and and not women and in fact our ideas of consent and that those are really shifting and and it's progressives largely who are leading the charge in terms of of making those arguments you know or or in some cases drafting policy you know think of title nine on college campuses which is com- i have i've read a couple of things now about um title nine and there's some complex sorry uh, sorry i I'm really familiar with Title Eight and Title Ten. <laughs> like I'm just, What's I'm like, I'm, I'm like a scholar of like Title Eight and Ten. But like Title, title nine, nine, could you just brush me up on? Okay, Title yeah. Nine was a policy that was introduced in the Obama Department of Education, and it was um, a rethinking of how sexual assault cases would be handled on college campuses. Interestingly. Okay, one thing that it, it it does is that you don't get to know who your accuser is if you are the one accused and you don't get to know what the accusations are. Also, a, a, a fallout of it is um, disproportionately black men on college campuses have been like, you know, accused under Title IX violations. So it's had, it's, it's, I, I mean, I'm, I'm speaking of like a few articles I've read about it. This is another thing I'd like, you know, once again, disclaimer, I need to do a deeper dive, but there is, there's legitimate concern that the way it was drafted and implemented, it's not always um, fair, let's say. But but what is, I mean, this is, again, it's conflating to what does Title IX have to do with sex positivity? Well, no, I'm, it's, it's talking about, I, I, it doesn't have to do with sex positivity. Yeah, we're conflating. I think what I'm talking about is this, the shift and what this article addresses to is the shifting nature of consent and, and okay. sexual relations. Okay. And what women think that they should do predicated on what the marketplace essentially tells them they should be doing. You know, in that be, that being porn or just the culture writ large. I mean, I will say, I can remember in the 90s, there was a book by Ariel Levy called um, the rise of raunch feminism. And I do remember there being like this sort of, or maybe it was in the 2000s, um, like this, you know, like po- like the pornification of the culture became, I, I felt like I, I noticed it more. Yeah, like, stripper these, poles these like and, Camille Paglia. Kind of, yeah. Or like, you know, like, do you know I, what I mean? I, like stripper, stripper I was going to say that Camille Paglia uh, feminist. Yeah. 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 We're, we're having a, yeah. We're, I wish I knew more about this stuff. I, um, what, you know, let's let the one man yeah. enlighten us yeah. in the conversation. Please let me, um, okay. I, no, I just feel like that there's two parallel, maybe slightly divergent avenues that, that are going on right now. Um, in my humble male, not really valid perspective on this topic, uh, I gay male because I'm not indulging in the objectification of women and pornographic. Uh, well, you have sliding gender, so you might. You know? I may, I may in the future. Who knows? Right. But on the one hand, I see it's become really, really positive that we have um, elevated the role of a sex worker 
in whatever medium in person or online uh, to a valuable and valid form of what's the word I'm looking for work, I guess. Work. And that's yeah. why, and that's why the term sex work has come to replace prostitution and sex work is work. Yeah, is sex work is work. So we have this one avenue that I think is actually positive that we're not current generations are not really demonizing as much that type of work. Uh, hopefully, police departments are paying more attention, not much more, but a little bit more to crime in this arena where it was previously just considered hey, you're a sex worker, you're setting yourself up to whatever happens to you, sorry. But on the other hand, I understand from the male gaze point of view that men and not really men, children, teens are growing up being exposed to such a vast amount of pornography from such an early age. And so much of it, I don't want to say extreme, but you know, just a whole range of it, right? So from vanilla to whatever the other extreme is. So I understand, I can understand why some young women may feel like, how can I live up to this? Like how, when, when I, when I. And, and young men as well. Also, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. When I move into the world where I start dating and I start having sexual experiences with people, how am I going to compare to these things that have been seen? Because when I was young, you would, we found a porny magazine in the forest once and we were like delighted. Like it was the most amazing thing ever. <laughs> and, you know, us teen boys would go look at it, but it was just so bland, you know, compared to anything that somebody of that age, 13 years old would be exposed to now, which just happens. It just happens unless you live in an Amish community. I, I don't know. So I, I, I understand this reaction a little bit. I think it's a broad it's just such a broad topic and it's so yeah. easy to paint it with a broad brush. I don't know why it's not good enough for us to say that whatever women feel comfortable with in regard to their sexuality is okay. Like why are we, you know, is our body, our choice no longer on the table anymore? Um, I, I don't know you sex positivity can look like a lot of different things and i'm not sure why it needs to be conflated conflated with being a uh porn star you know if that's your i think yeah 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 because i think mo- a lot of people don't have as strong a sense of self as like you do for example or maybe i do you know m- people are much more malleable and impressionable and especially young women i mean i really think this ultimately stems from a, a question or the fallout or maybe questions we're asking now about whether or not the sexual revolution you know was it good for women i don't know i think i i don't know it feels like a backlash perpetrated by uh, you know, conservative men. But it's not. I, it's I, I'm sorry. Progressive but... institutions. It's not. It's not. There is a huge discussion about what consent is and if it's even possible to give it within the power dynamics that we all live in. Look, I don't necessarily agree with that kind of tact. This and that is argument. like a grab bag conversation, though. Like I'm, I'm full consent and sex and enjoying yeah, that's sex. What she's talking all... about within yeah, the. But, but, talks about that within the op-ed right but sex positivity and consent absolutely should go together what i don't see what 
you know, the problem is there. But but then asking whether what some women, if they feel like watching porn or being um, sex workers is okay, is counterproductive. Of course it's okay if it's okay for them. I just don't, you know, I think, I'm okay, sure, I'm let's have this controversial idea that I think it's good that we we support sex workers. Do we honestly believe that sex work is fulfilling work for women? Who fucking cares? Is working at Walmart fulfilling no. for women? No. And both so who, who's to say what bad choices we should be able to make? I should have whatever bad choice I want. You're telling me I can only work at Walmart. Yeah, but you only could say work that. At this- yeah, yeah, you could say that about, about drug use and we discourage it. But, I mean, but that's, that's illegal, you know? And, yeah, well, and, so and it's sex work for, I mean, it's still not, technically it, 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 should, it, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be. You're right, it, 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 it is most places and it, it shouldn't be. Um, drug use, I can think of a, a million reasons why both of those things should be regulated and not illegal, actually. So I... Mean, I, I I think yeah. we're all in. I think we're all in agreement that sex that sex work has come a long way, and that there's the attitudes have shifted in a very positive manner. Is that are we agreed on that? I, well, I mean, there's I still a way to go. Part of the discussion is that maybe no. we're, we should we track we should retract those gains that we've that we've ha- made. I think the question that, is not about that, though. I think the question is about pornography, maybe. And maybe... No, it maybe, is. The question is about that. The question yeah. is about whether the new generation is willing to um, embrace um, our acceptance of sex work as a valid uh, work choice and a valid, uh, you know, choice. This period. isn't just about sex work. It's about the general it's, attitudes it's that, that that like essentially the more sexualized you are and the more sexualized the culture is and specifically women, that women, if they have this uh, sort of libertine choice, you know, that all sexual experiences are positive and that women can be just as- But as who's saying that? Gracious who is saying that? Well, I mean, the culture has drifted since the sexual revolution. There's, look at the images we grew up with. Look at the proliferation of porn. I mean, look at Maybe little girls I just, who, who dress like. I mean, I, sometimes you'll see, you know, ten-year-olds, twelve-year-olds, and they're they're got full makeup and you know, and they're completely sexualized. I mean, this is not. This is happening. It's happened. I've seen it. Children very- should not be sexualized, obviously. And maybe I'm out of touch with like how ubiquitous porn is. I mean, that's very possible. Um, Multiple women in this article talk about, in the BuzzFeed article, which I read, they talk about how they, multiple experiences they had, they were choked by male partners. And that's the thing that men see in porn. Obviously. Yeah. Very influenced by porn. And in fact, some schools, some like Dalton, you know, high-end schools in New York, there was a, they brought in a porn educator, you know, to, to like as part of sex education because it is so ubiquitous so you know I I think I think you know it's good to have these conversations I mean if you're going to be having sex if they're needing to bring in porn educators at these 
you know, to elementary schools or however old these kids are. I mean, that's, that says a lot. And that that's obviously a problem. Like sex is for adults, period. I mean, we should start with that. Um, it's for consenting adults. And I, I don't, I don't know what it's like to be a parent now, but I would certainly, I would hope be talking to my kids about what kinds of things they're consuming and and, and telling them that certain things are inappropriate to watch at their age and, and then doing something about it. Like, you know, yeah, there are a lot of things in our culture that are, you know, there's a lot of over-sexualization of women in general. And yeah. I don't, and, and it's hard, I guess, for younger kids to be shielded from that. But I mean, that's, that's literally your job parent I mean that's what I would say yeah but then the, the reverse of that is parents that over fucking coddle their children you know they, they don't let their children develop into being you know I mean there's there's extremes in in either direction I guess I think the essential point is like what was the fall what was the ultimate end result of the sexual revolution I think that's kind of what's being grappled with here and I don't know, I'm not sure if it was always a net positive for women. Ultimately, that's where I come down. I, I mean, think I think it's complicated. Too. I think it's super complicated, but I mean, if we compare the lives of women before the pill and after the pill, yeah. um, you know, it's huge. That was huge. And whether for some women that meant, uh, I'm just gonna go out and be a hippie and, you know, have orgies or, whether it meant I, I'm now able to do family planning, yeah. you know, and, yeah, and my little, you know, farm life with, with my husband who just wants what he wants when he wants, you know, I mean, that's, that's another topic, bring, you know, bringing it back to consent, but, yeah. you know, we can't ignore that. That was a, that was a huge benefit to, to a lot of women as far as, as family planning, you know? Um, I don't think we should diminish the fact that that was, I think, a, a net positive. And of course there are other things that go along with that, you know? So yeah. women can have sex without getting pregnant. And so now are we expected to be quote unquote like men and what does that mean? And are we built that way? I don't know. I mean, I think, I think it's very interesting. It is super interesting. Like it's a, we could devote an entire episode, just yeah. you and I, Kim, without the pesky male gaze. Yeah. yeah. Please, please keep me out of it. Oh please God, you are so this, silent. This. It was about the kids, Camilo. I'm sorry, this, it was girls. This segment <laughs> had no openings for jokes and went way over. <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, that's what the kids are up to. Deciding. I have a short, short segment. Okay. <laughs> oh, I just want to be pretty. Give me your potions. Give me your serums. Give me your unwinds. But that must work out, baby. Oh, no, I can't. I just want to be pretty. Um, and, and it's about sex. So, yay! Um, <laughs> Um, but it's kind of different aspect and maybe some of those 
critics of uh, over-sexualized women would be on board with this or maybe not, I don't know. But according to an article I read on NPR.org, we need to come up with a moniker for NPR. Um, Nobody's listening. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm the, well, oh, well, well, it has to be like- The soporific, the, the soporific NPR. Soporific. No, I was <sighs> gonna say the erudite. Yeah. The, oh, we the, have very different perspectives then. Are you kidding me? NPR is the best. What's, what's say, her name? What's her name? Um, I, I'm Diane. What? Reem. Diane Reem. I'm Diane Reem. No. Do oh, you no. have two hours to hear about whale songs? No, she had songs? like a voice, like, I don't know, like a vocal cord was taken out or something. So good for you. Yeah. Yeah, way to shame her. Yeah, medical ableism. <laughs> no Listen, shame. Okay. No embarrassment. According to the, okay. the erudite npr.org, um, in 2021, um, during our second year of the pandemic, self-touch is trending. And when I mean self-touch, I don't mean like scratching your ass, okay? That is trending for me, Kim. Uh, yes, masturbation is trending. We're going to use the M oh, word no. because- Ass scratching is trending for me, sorry. Oh, oh ass scratching. Yeah. Okay, yeah. well, you know, a good ass scratch is very- um, Satisfying. Fine. Yeah, sometimes. So, of course, during during the pandemic, you know, which rages on- People spent months um, without hugging, kissing. Some people did. I know I did. I, I know at one point um, during the pandemic last year, I was like, I, it's been eight months since I've touched another person. Oh you know, it's a very sobering and depressing realization. Yeah. And, you know, I really realized that like that was having an emotional effect on me a lot of people around the world are experiencing um, a loss of a sense of connection with other people. So according to Jesse Kahn and this npr.org article, article, <laughs> article uh, she, she's a licensed psychotherapist and sex therapist. Um, and she says, touch release oxytocin reduces stress and calms our nervous system the absence of it can manifest as depression or anxiety or a feeling of loneliness or stress and so lots of people were dealing with that lack of touch lack of oxytocin and increased levels of anxiety and stress i thought so, oxytocin was the thing that cats gave you that like that was like some kind of parasite no that's different i know what you're talking about like you get it from the cat box and you get a parasite oh. and then it makes you do their bidding it's yes, the real thing yes. so this is not <laughs> the same thing bad. then it's not the same okay. thing oxytocin oxytocin is a hormone that is a full a feel-good hormone um that is produced when we are touched and we actually have the ability to produce that for ourselves by touching ourselves you guys um so con 
the licensed psychotherapist that I just quoted, she goes on to say that the relationship that we have with ourselves is primary and one we're going to have for the rest of our lives. And it's also the most intimate. And that is why it's important to consider the broad continuum of what brings us pleasure. Maybe it's a walk on the beach with ourselves or a long hot bath with ourselves, or maybe it's something more intimate, if you know what I mean. Boom, chicka, bow, wow. Did they like, talk about if sales of sex toys went up? Um, they do. There's a little, I have a little information about that. Yes, Jennifer. Thank you. Um, it's, <laughs> it, it is true that people have, since the pandemic, increased their, um, their purchasing of sex toys. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a few statistics here for you. And Jen's word, she's in the statistics. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. I need numbers. Mm. <laughs> well, according to um, a survey called the Tenga Self-Pleasure Report of 2020. Can I get the word to my door? Yola yes. Tenga self, mm-hmm. Self-Pleasure Report. It, it shows that 10% of adults purchase additional sex toys and an in anticipation of self-quarantine. That doesn't seem like a lot. What then goes on to say, 71% agreed that it helped them feel better or acted as self-care during the quarantine. So a lot of people are realizing that masturbation can be a form of self-care. 37% increased frequency of masturbation during the quarantine and 21% of people said their views on sex toys became more positive during the quarantine. So if anything positive has come out of this, it's that people are in touch with themselves, (laughs) but I'm dumb, um, more than they were before uh, the the pandemic started. And um, and 80% of Americans consider masturbation a form of self-care uh, in 2020, they did. And that's up from 54% in 2016. So, I mean, well, what well, you, well, uh, 80, 80%? What, 80% of Americans consider masturbation a form of self-care according to the Tenga Self-Pleasure Report of 2020, according to their sample. And that's up from 54% in 2016 yes do you dispute those results that includes like 46 percent of people who identify as republicans i mean it has to yeah (laughs) it it includes the people that they surveyed oh okay (laughs) i'm not sure maybe they're getting trump dildos (laughs) like they're (laughs) there's a line of grab grab them by the pussy dildos it it, it says make america great again as you like push it in and out Uh it says make america great again okay yeah you're ruining you're ruining sex for me (laughs) and other people but i i um Adjacent to this article i stumbled upon an article from goop.com the the (laughs) 
What, what what should we uh, name Goop? I mean, Goop is just silly, the but Goop. <laughs> the com and it's just um, about the best vibrators for solo pleasure and partner play. And, you know, this is the same website that brings you um, thousand dollar Yanni eggs and, you know, shit like that. So take it with a grain of salt. But if you want to check out this article, there's a uh, pretty. I'm sorry, Kim. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not going to put salt on my Yanni egg. That would just burn too much. <laughs> I would not recommend it. Yeah, uh, there's there's a fine line between TikTok health advice and goop. Um, goop very like, fine line, if not overlap, complete yeah. overlap. I mean, you know, <laughs> this is. I'm looking at this article, and this is an uncharacteristically, I think you know, helpful article in Goop. It just lists a bunch of, of vibrators and sex toys that you can buy and how much they cost. None of them involves Yanni eggs or, you know, rose quartz up your hoo-ha. So that's probably a good start. Um, but there's one called The Womanizer and it's $199 dollars using pleasure air technology the womanizer provides air pressure and light vibrations to the clitoris uh, you guys pulled do you guys say clitoris or clitoris clitoris me say, too oh really i say clitorize ew <laughs> that's wrong i like women women like it when it sounds exotic and foreign oh do they let me pleasure your clitoris. <laughs> well, anyway, Jen's face is telling me she that this is turning her on. <laughs> oh, very it's much. Working. I'm gonna go run. I'm gonna go run and touch myself. After. You guys, I'm trying to import in part some good information here. Okay, <laughs> so the womanizer feels a lot like oral sex. The toy may be silent, but you may not be. Oh, <laughs> uh, oh little God. catchphrase there. So yeah. So I disagree. Guys, I'll be singing womanizer, womanizer, woman, woman, womanizer. What if that's what it did? It just played that song oh, yeah. and you just used it and got off. <laughs> um, you'd have to throw it out the window. <laughs> Kim, you, you got me on the Goop website and they have, yeah. there are so many supplements that they have on this thing. I, they're terrible. I know. It's wild. It's like $50 for basically emergency. Um, I don't know. You know, it's it's so strange, strange because um, Gwyneth Paltrow, I think, I think I'm not wrong in saying she's kind of universally mildly Both. disliked. Yeah, yeah. For, for stuff like this, because it's just so out of touch. Like, who is your target consumer? Like the sex toy article is helpful. And, and like I said, I think that's kind of uncharacteristic. She wasn't, she wasn't hawking something that, you know, oh, like shine a light beam up your vagina. And she gives she me hope though. What's up? She gives me hope because she's or, so universally mocked and reviled. And yet she's still wildly popular in a sub-segment of, you know, her fandom that, it makes you feel like you can be as much of as a ridiculous chode as, as you want. And there's still going to be gazillions of people out there who will want to buy whatever you're selling. 
So there's hope for me, baby. She is Start very up. successful with this. With Goop, I mean, Goop mm-hmm. is like a powerhouse. Yeah. Start a website, Camilo, and call it Poop. Poop. And yeah. and it will be the major competitor to Goop. I'd love to see what you do with it. I will have people send me their poop, and we will analyze it. <laughs> and um, give them God. dietary change recommendations. Of course, no, we went. We had to go them. there, and it's my fault. I'm so yes. sorry. Well, I won't be doing it personally. I'll hire an, an army of scientists. You, you Luke, know, is how- that your competitor, Jennifer? Yeah, um, losers only on <laughs> <laughs> the Pandora because nobody listens to Pandora anymore. Oh, Everybody's yeah. on Spotify. Yeah, or Apple Music. <laughs> yeah, I wonder. Mine is going to be Coop. Coop, and it's just about me and chickens because there's lots of them out here. Mm. And I'll just be like me talking amongst a variety of chickens. And also huh? feeding them supplements from goop. Yes. <laughs> yes. And then analyzing their poop. That, you guys, I think we have a good thing going here. This is a winner, winner, <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. Oh, yes. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I have to say from the health and beauty corner. Touch yourself, people. Yeah, touch Love yourself. Love yourself. Get that out. I think it's very interesting. Flowing. You know what? The, pause, uh, pause this podcast. Touch yourself touch, in touch yourself. all the chakras. I don't know. And then come back. Oh, I thought it was interesting. The woman said the most intimate relationship you'll have is with yourself. I think that's, there's something kind yeah. of beautiful about that. I think that. there's something kind of terrifying about that. <laughs> <laughs> I think it, I agree with Jenny. I think it's beautiful and I think it's quite true. Yes, I, I agree. Um, you know, they said that this pandemic was like the opposite of a baby boom. Mm-hmm. Like less people were... They expected like, you know, some kind of rash of babies, but that hasn't happened. They were trying to figure out why people wasn't fucking. Well, but it wasn't a sexy time. My Facebook feed disagree. There's so many fucking babies on it. Jesus Christ. I can't yeah. hit the mute button fast enough. So even babies are sex positive. Hi, huh? relatives with babies. I love you, but I'm going to wait 16 years until they can interact like an adult. I actually like a charming eight-year-old. An eight-year-old is amusing. Oh, yeah. When they when they have opinions, but they're wrong, but they're like very wrong opinions, it's very entertaining. Yeah, they're very they really sure do. because they're kids. Yes. yes. Wow. You guys, um, on that note, self-care, self-love, baby booms, lack of thereof, self-touch. Um, that wraps up our health and beauty segment. And so Camila, right. why don't well, you tell us what the kids are up to? If you, if no, it's about the future. Set. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, sorry. And so Camila, why don't you tell us about the future? I am going to tell you about the future, but the kids are also going to be like involved in this. Right. So it all ties in together. Like this is yes. their, their future. And I was trying to come up with something that did not involve Gen Z for once. I put wow. aside my I put aside my obsession with Gen Z. In 30 years, stuff, stuff will be different. Will be different. How, different? How different? You don't know. We don't know. But we'll speculate, we'll speculate for the show. show. Come along for the ride. ride. 
We talked about the ocean trash giant um, piles that are out there floating around. Yeah. And it, got, it, it got me thinking about, well, I mean, we're screwing up the surface of the water. And then we talked briefly about plastics sort of drifting to the bottom of the ocean as well and how plastic has been found in the Marianas Trench. But I'm like, what if we have a positive vision of the future and think about living in the ocean in the future? And of course, many, many people have thought about this already. Jacques Cousteau, uh, us old timers might remember him as sort of the, the, under, the oceanographic shows, the nature shows that he did back in the 70s and 80s. If you wanted to see anything underwater yeah. at the time, you had to see a Jacques Cousteau program. And he showed mm-hmm. us all the fishes in like 480p resolution. And it was like, whoa, weird and creepy. This guy's going underwater in scuba and he's seeing eels that are real long. Anyway, that was very exciting for me as a kid. And I still have this fascination with underwater. Then the movie, uh, The Abyss. Remember the movie, The Abyss? I think it's one of James Cameron's first forays into his obsession with underwater living. But uh, I love thinking about this and I love the idea of living underwater. So interestingly, there's this Japanese company called Shimizu Corporation. Now, if I was going to write a screenplay where there was a villainous corporation that is uh, trying to exterminate humanity or um, just have a city for the select elite few, as we discussed about the bunkers last year, Shimizu Corporation is a pretty good candidate, but they envision these glass-walled, cities that are about 300 meters down, which is the kind of pressure that we can currently tolerate. And of course they are glass sheathed and they have all of this um, internal living space and public spaces. And they claim that you would be able to harvest, obviously seafood, but also plants (laughs) from the ocean, but also connect to the, to the, uh, to the surface with some kind of uh, pneumatic tubes where you could get regular food from the land and I guess Amazon packages, I don't know, so that you could have this perfectly sustainable society. Now, something I did not oh, know. no. <laughs> okay, we have a very strong reaction here. Something, this sounds very cool to me because like, have you ever wanted like a whole, you know, an aquarium, an aquarium is so hard to maintain. What if you just had a whole wall that was an aquarium that you didn't have to deal with because they're out there in the ocean doing their thing and eating their food. So you don't have to like change the filter and you don't have to put the little flakes in there ever, which is incredible. Right. So, um, I have a friend who has an aquarium. It's a lot of work. So this is very appealing to me, you know, to just let the aquarium take care of itself. But uh, I, I just like this idea a lot. I'm, I'll be the first down there. As you know, I'm an early adopter. I loved going to this sushi restaurant that was like completely swathed in aquariums in South Florida. It's my thing. I'm into it, surrounded by fishies. And uh, add some fluorescent lights on the exterior and it looked really cool. Like that's, I'm so for it. And this is the technology we have now. Like this could happen now. So in 30 years, we could easily live in the bottom of the ocean because right now structures, we have the robots we can send down there, but we don't have like the, the submersibles that people can go in, that you can go as far down, you can go uh, 4,000 meters down at this point. But 
Oh, Jen's done. She's, <laughs> she's dropped she's out. out. I mean, she like, just she dropped out of the Zoom call completely. Nothing to do with this future. I'm yeah. out. And she just <laughs> took off. She doesn't want your underwater freaking aquarium world. <laughs> she's not she's not an early adopter. She's not. Another thing that I like is that each of these cities can maybe sustain 5,000 people, which sounds like a, a very reasonable amount of people. Um, it's not small enough to be the 250 people in the village where I grew up with where everybody knows your business, but 5,000 seems like you would be able to kind of get away from the people you didn't like. Um, so I don't know, Kim, what do you think? Do you want to I don't know. I'm, and I'm, I'm having a hard time uh, conceptualizing this. Is this because I'm sort of mishmashing it all together with stuff we talked about before like is this the underground bunker we were talking about like is it you know an underwater is this something we do in case of the end times and the apocalypse or is this a sustainable viable option for alternative living in the future it's being presented as both that, that as a solution to overpopulation, uh, overpopulation, you can move people from land to these uh, water-based communities. But also, the, the thing is, in the event of an apocalypse, we all know the only people who will be able to afford to go into these things are going to be the uber wealthy. Um, yeah. Totally. So yeah, that it's being conceived as either one or or the other. Janice come back in probably in the hope that. Um, <laughs> I'm no longer talking about future underwater communities. Probably. It sounds kind of, I don't know. There's some future things. I think I'm squarely in the middle of Can both of you. Clean up the ocean. <laughs> you sound, you literally sound like you are at the bottom of the ocean right now and trying to Jenny, communicate. Jenny just went 100,000 leagues under the sea and that she was just doing some research, guys. That's. <laughs> where she was um i was under stuff the like sea. that happens on our podcast <laughs> i was uh doing research under the sea the most <laughs> disgusting part of that segment was when you said that amazon boxes could be delivered like, <laughs> to, like that is so gross you got it that's not like something they're actually what is the point of it can we just clean the fucking ocean up and take care of the earth no it's i mean Good question, but yeah. It's just Instead we can't... Of delivering Amazon boxes to like the 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 crate. I mean, is that not sick? What do you want? The Amazon warehouses to be underwater? That's sick. I want them to be abolished. It's I can't I uh, oh god, I'm too grumpy for this. I just I, I don't get it. <laughs> I, I agree. Like I was gonna say that I think I'm like squarely in the middle of you too as far as pro the future and technology developments and jen i think you'll agree you're mostly con right yeah i'm gonna be total amish i'm like let's <laughs> when it gets to the omega point i'm going i'm going off the grid 100 i said some i made some kind of joke with uh yeah with um some guest at this place that I worked about like a uh, technology, you know, brings a lot of bad. And he looked at me like you Luddite. <laughs> Who are you granny? Yeah. 
He's like, but it makes life convenient. And I'm like, yeah, it's a tool of exploitation. But look, look, are you seeing this, the image I'm sharing with you? Yes, it looks uh, like it looks like a it looks like the mall in Hudson Yards. <laughs> <laughs> look at all these happy people jogging. They're so thrilled to be in the water. Look at the kids over here on the left. They're pointing to the fishes. It They're looks learning. like an actual history museum, but yeah, underwater. It looks I mean, like it looks Epcot Center. Cool. I'd be. I mean, I guess it would be cool. I mean, it would be cool to see like deep sea life. I, I think I would feel terror. I also you get bubbles like brain bubbles, you know, when you go down that low. That's a really good point. I, the the air mix apparently the air mix down there has to be different from what you get on the surface. So the combination of oxygen, hydrogen, and um, carbon dioxide and whatever the other things we have in the air, helium, you have to balance it right, and then every you time know you this is never gonna happen, right? We can't even fucking make electric cars work. Oh, Jenny, you are now you are so wrong. We have the technology. Work. We have the technology to do this now. We're going to be doing. James Cameron is going to make sure that this happens. He's going to release the four Avatar sequels or whatever they are, and then then he's going to pivot to this underwater community. All right. Well, I've heard Avatar is like amazing, so I might be on board. <laughs> Amazingly bad. Yes. I don't know. I just think um, it seems weird to be thinking about moving populations to other places. It's just like, oh, let's trash this and move on to the next place we can trash. You know, shouldn't our energies be better spent cleaning up the mess we've made uh, above the surface of the ocean? I mean, come on. Yes. Agreed. I don't know, Kim. Por que no los dos? Why not both, as the meme says? <laughs> I I don't I don't know. I think because until we can wrap our minds around living sustainably and not trashing the earth, uh, we do not need to be thinking about moving elsewhere. That's my opinion. Agreed. We don't need to be polluting other parts of the earth, and then. The solar system. Yeah, and then it's like, oh, let's go to space. We trashed uh, Earth. We trashed the ocean. Um, let's um, completely pollute the, the space and, and you know, the solar system. I have a question. And the universe and the multiverse. When does it stop? It's true. I have a question <laughs> yeah. for you guys. Do you think the baby boomers are the worst generation? Oh, that's a really good question. I think that they were poorly informed to start with, mm. but then they didn't really pivot when they had the information. So yeah, wait probably. A wait a minute. But what are what are the criteria we're using for you know worst to worst generation? I think they got rich, they got very comfortable, and then but then all the facts were presented in front of them, but they're like, but we're too comfortable now to really look at the way that it. they're about to sign off from this planet. It's not in good shape. Yeah. Is you know? that just the way things go though? They were also the, you know, the counterculture revolution, the 60s generation. They were they were at one time very radical. Yeah. A lot of baby boomers. And so then, 
is that just how the arc of time works that you have your moment of youth and you rebel and then you close out by like selling your soul and trashing you know, the planet now trashing I, planet. I it's, mean it's entirely I, possible i think they're the only example we have of a generation that has lived that whole arc it's very difficult mm -hmm. to look at previous generations because of the wars and you know, it's just the depression and yeah but no but i still think i still think that they they are the worst absolutely i don't think they're great i listened oh. to a conversation today um this is par partly because i listened to this group of uh baby boomers talking today and they were talking about how great the breaking of the airline traffic control strike was like how reagan dealt with them and i had a that rage filled thought it's so gross and i'm like thinking to myself he's the one who made he was really the first who just like fully made this country into this like fucking ungovernable mess that it's become and all of you are talking about how great he was because he broke this. He, he was the first one to really start breaking unions apart. And I thought to myself, God, it's time so we, uh, so we end the podcast on your rageful lashing out no. to boomers. No, because you guys don't want me they to have, have to, words, so. we're out of time. No, no, somebody, <laughs> else, no somebody else say something fun. That's going to be the last impression. Um, no, Kim, talk about masturbation. Touch yourself. <laughs> Touch yeah. yourself. You know what? I First, don't want anybody else when I think about you. I touch myself. myself. Oh, okay, there's a little nostalgia for you about yeah. masturbation. We got to sing a good a, song. We got to sing a Gen X tune at least once every time. I think it's becoming that a That is thing. a Gen X tune. Yeah. Hells yeah. Wouldn't it be funny if that were like the first dance at your wedding or like a father, father, daughter dance. And it was that song. <laughs> oh God. Horrifying. This is perfect for a script. TM, TM registered trademark. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Feel. Can you imagine just doing it and the entire crowd would be like, <laughs> this is very uncomfortable. Yeah. Oh. Wow. It's been great. Don't get any uh, ideas out there. Uh, this has been our like cranky, tired Sunday yeah. night record. After our bedtime, one hundred percent. This has been the sundowning. We're our next our next iteration of this podcast oh. is going to be called sundowning. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have very exciting news for all of you for the next episode. We're going to have a special, incredible guest. Do we want I to say? Wait. Do we want to say a lot, or do we want to keep it under wraps? What do you think? Uh, I don't know. We haven't really discussed it, so maybe we'll keep it uh, uh, under wraps, but then yeah. promote it all but, over. The but come back, as it come back next week um, for what's going to be a very special deep dive into a subject that's very dear to our hearts, and um, with an amazing guest, right? Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be, be awesome. really fun. Yeah, follow us we'll on uh, the socials. Uh, what's oh yeah, it? yeah. Well, of course, always keep it perky. But follow us on our socials at at halfway there the podcast. Kim, should they write us or should they just leave us alone? I think they should write us. Okay. Yeah, I'd love it if they wrote us. 
um, they can write us at halfway there, the podcast at gmail.com. Just drop us a note. Let us know you're there. Did you touch yourself today? Let us know. <laughs> and where? Um, where yeah. specifically? <laughs> yes. Yeah, keep in touch, guys. And would you live in an underwater bubble living situation or what? Yes, no. Um, would you be, would it be too awkward to touch yourself with all the glass walls? What do you think? <laughs> and uh, please send us some coins on um, Patreon so we can improve our audio. Maybe, maybe help Jen with her internet. Yeah, <laughs> please. I've been looking at my frozen face for the last five minutes. So maybe you could help that. Bernie, help us. Come on. Any other messages we want to convey before we go? Just keep it perky. Just keep it yeah. Perky. We love oh, you. And review us. Yes. Oh yeah. Good God. We are so scatterbrained. We need notes. We need <laughs> we need we need a producer to whip us into shape. And that's where your Patreon contributions will help. Because we are just all over the place here. Five stars. Yeah. Five stars and all the things, please. And thank you. Like, subscribe, and rate us five stars only. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Ciao. Manténgalo erecto. Manténgalo todo erecto. Keep it perky. This has been halfway there, but it's also the end. The end of this episode of Halfway There. You get it.